Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No music, no intro. We we talked about it um, in the terms of us having a, a special guest for the Friday episode um, to break down the huge game between the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. In terms of, like like Ryan said, like every all eyes are on this game. Uh, a often I would say often his third appearance on the podcast. Uh, Greg Cosell is joining us um, to break down the game. Uh, first and foremost, Greg, thank you so much for for just you know giving us a little bit of your time and and talking about such a huge game. But no problem at all. Look forward to being with you guys. Uh, so let's just let's just get right into it. Uh, the big news that came out today, uh, reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN, is that Drew Brees is is slated to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Ryan and I, when we recorded our preview pod on Wednesday, we postulated that Breeze would play, but now we have that confirmation. Just in terms of the Saints offense, how does that change things when that offense is going against the Kansas City defense? Well, there's a number of elements to that. I think Breeze is obviously a timing and rhythm player. That's what he is far more so than Taysom Hill. Obviously, Taysom Hill at timing and rhythm throws because that's built into any pass offense. And certainly Sean Payton wants his offense to function that way, the pass offense, obviously. Uh, but Breeze is solely a timing and rhythm player, whereas Taysom Hill can do more than that. Um, now, Breeze is obviously a far better timing and rhythm player than Taysom Hill. Breeze is a high-level timing and rhythm player. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. He's also now missed um, what is it, four or five weeks, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, and when you watch tape of the Chiefs on defense, two things really stand out on Steve Spagnuolo's defense. Number one, they play a lot of man coverage. And number two, they blitz. And even though Breeze gets the ball out quick, there will be longer yardage situations in the game as there are in every game. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see Steve Spagnuolo heat up Breeze a little bit. You know, it's his first game back. And uh, it, it'll seem fast, certainly at first, no matter what his experience level is. So I would expect that you would see uh, Spags uh, heat up uh, the Saints and Breeze a little bit. Yeah, with that said, you know, Breeze is coming off, uh, you know, a pretty, you know, tough injury, 11 ribs broken, yeah. had, a had a punctured line. And when you look at the Saints offense, particularly the offensive line, if you wanted to just spot a weakness, you would look at the interior of that offensive line with Pete, who had, who's had a few rough snaps. Uh, uh, they, uh, Nick Eason, he's out with a concussion. So the rookie, Cesar Ruiz, looks to probably be playing full-time that game. He's had some struggles. Eric McCoy is, I mean, going against uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and not to mention the blitz packages you're talking about with Steve Spagnolo, I would I would think that would be kind of an area that we could kind of we should kind of focus on early in the game, right? Uh, 
Yeah, and I'm just seeing right now that Michael Thomas has been ruled out. Mm. So that, to me, enhances the possibility of increased pressure because now you're dealing with receivers that I think Spags would feel pretty comfortable getting up and playing press man to disrupt receivers, to prevent Breeze from having the quick throws in the timing and rhythm pass game. So uh, I would expect to see a very aggressive Chiefs defense. Yeah, that's that's huge news that just literally was just tweeted out regarding Michael Thomas being out. Um, What is his injury that requires him to be out? So Nick Underhill uh, reported that he had a flare up of his his high ankle sprain injury that he has sustained um, in week one or week one when wow that put him out on the you know, high ankle solo. sprains man they I, I I had a bunch of those when I back in my misbegotten youth playing basketball and they take a long time <laughs> oh yeah yeah I hate I, I hate them you just hate to see them because you just know it's going to be one of those things that linger around for a while. Oh, oh well. Yeah, I mean, it, it that completely com- changes the the complexity because something that as a strength that the offense did do well when Taysom was starting is that Michael Thomas just started to get into a groove. He was having looking like his own self, having 100 plus yards games. So, how? I guess my question to you, Greg, is how do you see potentially the Saints' offense attacking? the Chiefs defense and Ryan and I talked about like to us, it can't be a game where Sean Payton's just come calling numerous passing plays um, and, you know, the offense going out and just putting Kansas city's offense back on the field. Uh, They have to kind of keep Patrick Mahomes and that chief's offense on the sideline as much as they can. Yeah, but they're still going to get the ball. I've never been, again, this is a personal philosophy of mine. I'm not a believer in keeping the opposing offense on the sideline for this reason. They're still going to get eight or nine possessions. So, uh, yes, does can it mean something? Yes. I'm not suggesting it means nothing, guys, but I think it's hard for that to be your game plan approach. In other words, you could have specific times in a game where you say, hey, if we can possess the ball now, that would really – help with the pace of the game as the game's playing out. But I, I think if you go into this game with the idea that we're going to just try to run the ball, throw 40 yard passes, and we're going to see how the game plays out. The chiefs are still going to get nine possessions uh, as opposed to 11. It's not like they're going to get five possessions. So you're going to have to score in this game. Uh, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that this is not likely to be a 17, 13 game from the chiefs perspective anyway. Um, so I think you have to score. So now you have to figure out ways in which to score. So I think that you're getting into now scheming to try to create those opportunities because you may not just be able to line up and do what you might normally do if you had all your weapons. So now it becomes schemed plays. Uh, and by schemed plays, I don't necessarily mean gimmick plays, uh, although you could see, you know, jet sweeps, orbit reverses, you know, anything to try to create an explosive play. Um, Ideally, Kamara comes back in big as a receiver because he wasn't as big as a receiver with uh, Taysom Hill. So Kamara could become a fascinating player as a receiver. Maybe you see more snaps of Kamara and Latavius Murray on the field together with the idea that Kamara ends up being more of a receiver. Right. And uh, I think, like you pointed out, points are going to be so crucial in this game 
And I mean, obviously, putting up points is crucial in every game, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes and that offense. Ryan, you sound very it, sad about this, Ryan. I feel it, bad for you. You sound you like drop, you're struggling well, here. You dropped that news break on me with Mike Thomas, which I kind of saw coming, but it's just like, <laughs> this is going to be pretty daunting. But with that said, I mean, the offense, you know, has put up points this year, you know, with Drew Brees, with Taysom Hill. You know, they, they have experience playing without Michael Thomas. He has missed a lot of games. Uh, so I'm, I'm just trying to think what would – if you, you had to point out a real weakness of this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, we saw, you know, the Raiders kind of go toe-to-toe with them twice. Individual division matchup, you know, yes. But what are some things that the Raiders or other teams have been able to kind of take advantage, advantage of against this defense? Well, just one quick point before we get to that. The fact that Drew's starting does not mean that Taysom Hill will not see any snaps. I think you'll still see him get snaps. Now, I can't sit here and give you a quantifiable number, but I think you'll see him take snaps because you're going to need to try to create and orchestrate and manufacture explosive plays. So I think Taysom Hill will be a part of that. As I said, I can't sit here and say he's going to play eight snaps or 12, whatever, but I think he will be a part of that. Um, So with the Chiefs, I mean, I think people feel ultimately that you could you can throw the ball against them if you can protect well. Um, I know Ward went out last week, the corner. I don't know what his injury status is. I did not look that up. Um, So he might not be the starting corner. He started all year and he's he's a pretty solid player. Not a big name that people know about, but Ward's a solid corner. Uh, so, I, you know, I think you can feel ultimately that you can throw the football. And uh, obviously, Tyran Matthew is a great, great player in my view, and he does a lot of different things for them. Um, this is a team that plays, uh, they play nickel, they play dime, depending on the situation. Uh, I think they're overall solid in the secondary. So, but you have to try to create explosive plays in the pass game. Uh, you know, they're not... I think the Saints will try to run the ball, but I don't think you can go into this game and say, you know what, Murray and Kamara, they're going to combine for 200 and we're going to control the ball for 38 minutes. I don't think you can think like that going into this game, but maybe I'm wrong. uh, I've been known to be wrong once or twice. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, So Ryan and I spent a, a long part of the preview show talking about, Saints defense, Dennis Allen going against the Chiefs offense and the type of plan, um, you know, it's, it's so hard to contain the Chiefs offense. And well, Adam, what did you come up with? They... <laughs> I, I said um, I would use the game plan similar to the Raiders and Paul Gunther used um, rushing three or four and just dropping a lot in the coverage and making it a game where you're just not conceding. So, you, so you're talking about playing zone game. coverage. Yeah, that that's my plan. Um, Cause I just think it's so risky in regards to just going man coverage. And they're a man. And, and the um, thing is they're and, a man team. And they're a man. It is. I know. I know. <laughs> so, um, but I, I just, I think you have to change tendencies to go what's what's worked in the past. Cause I think as a fan, if you're going to go with man, you're playing with you're playing with fire. And this is a game where the Chiefs' offense may be missing 
potentially like their their left tackle and their second string right tackle. So it's the onus me and Ryan talked about, the onus is really going to be on the front seven to try to dictate uh, dictate the matchups and, and win their matchups for, for them, the Saints defense to be effective. Well, the big question is what their balance is between man and zone, because it's not as if they're never going to play man. Right. And, they t- and they do play a lot of man. They play a lot of two man. Um, the big issue for me is Kelsey. Because you know what? Corners match up to wide receivers. That's the way it works. So so we know whether it's Marshawn Lattimore on Hill, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But if you play two man, you, you in a sense, give your corners a better chance. But at the end of the day, then you're also dealing with Mahomes. And while Mahomes is not necessarily a runner the way, let's say, Russell Wilson is or Lamar Jackson is, he certainly can use his legs to create needed first downs in given situations. Um so the question, if you choose to play man, is who matches up to Kelsey? Uh, and normally over the last month or so, while this defense has played exceptionally well, Malcolm Jenkins has been the tight end matchup uh, at the uh, at the expense of offending Malcolm. I'm not sure he can match up to Kelsey. So if you're going to play man, the question is, who do they feel matches up? Um, you know, to me... I would look at someone like PJ Williams because he was a college corner play corner coming up uh, t- till he got essentially moved to safety. He's a big kid. Um, he's got some physicality to him. He's someone I would consider. I would even look at CJ Gardner Johnson, who basically plays almost every snap. I mean, this is a sub defense. They play about 90% of their snaps out of sub. Uh, so, but Kelsey to me becomes the big issue. I mean, the guy's leading the league in receiving yards. He's leading the league in first downs on catches. Uh, he is the guy that is really difficult to match up to. Yes, I, I agree. I, he is the key. I believe he is the key. I, you know, as dangerous as Tyreek Hill is, and he is dangerous. Oh, they, yeah. Yeah, they definitely have to have a plan for him. But, you know, through the course of a game, I mean, Kelsey can really make life miserable. So, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, I, mean, I would think they would probably try Malcolm Jenkins on him. But, uh, you know, I, I would think they would have to come up with a like a direct plan for him because you just can't let him ruin your day. You know? No, but, you know, and again, you might see a lot of sort of mixed man's own concepts. I mean, Dennis yeah. Allen's been doing this a long time. And I know Dennis and I think he's really, really good. So and, and he's a lot smarter than I am about this. So, you know, he knows he knows what he's facing and he's not just going to line up and play man and say, hey, this is what we do. So he's going to have a lot of mixing and matching it. it you know, what we're, what we're trying to figure out is the balance and we, we're not going to figure it out. We're just right. going to talk about it like we know what the hell we're talking about. And we really have no idea, but he's going <laughs> to mix and match. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he, he is. I think I think as a Saints fan, I think a concern is that typically at times when the Saints have played zone, when the defense has played zone, as it's not their strength, um, they've kind of been burned. Well, they had trouble. They struggled earlier in the season with uh, communication. You know, some of that could have been the pandemic off season. You know, we don't know why for sure, but they had issues with communication on the back end and they got burned early in the season when their defense for about the first month, as you guys know, was not very good. Uh, right. And then they started to play a lot more man and they got better because man, you know, at the end of the day, man is is 
theoretically easier because man is you got him, which yeah. is a lot easier than the communication in zone. So we'll see if they play zone, they're going to have to communicate. And Greg, can you tell us, you talked a lot about uh, Dennis Allen and something that goes on with all football fans, well, sports fans in general, where, you know, we live in a moment. So Saints defense kind of had a rough uh, game last week against uh, your Philadelphia Eagles. And, and, you know, a lot of the talk was, you know, this, you know, Dennis Allen is trash or, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he, didn't have a, he didn't have a plan for the young rookie and stuff like that. Uh, just you haven't watched so much football over the years. How, how can you can you explain how that happens? How you know a defense is looking like dominant for three or four weeks, and then they have one game where they just don't, and it just doesn't look good. Going against an opponent that you would think on paper they should be better than. Well, first of all, it's not like the Eagles put up 500 yards. Hmm. Um, so let's let's begin there. But uh, here's the way I would answer that question, and and I. Some of this answer is just my thoughts as opposed to, you know, an X and O statement. My guess is that they had a sense going into the game of what they might expect, but they didn't know for sure because it was uh, Jalen Hurts' first start. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they had no idea as to Hurts' movement ability until you're actually on the field with him. Now, I wouldn't say he's Lamar Jackson, but he moves pretty well. And I think until you're actually on the field with a guy – uh, who moves really well, you just don't know. Um, and then there were just, a, there were really just a couple of, of really important plays. Like I said, you know, the 82 yard touchdown, let's, and, and obviously that happened, but yeah. the score at that point was seven, nothing. And if that touchdown does not happen, you, we might be having a different conversation. And then maybe Dennis Allen isn't stupid, like everybody might think he is. You know, and, and that was a play where, to me anyway, um, I thought Quan Alexander went into the wrong gap. But oh, that's yeah. what I saw. <laughs> that was, it was completely obvious. Yeah, yeah completely so obvious. I mean, um, so there was a mistake made. And, and then Malcolm took a bad angle as the, as the post safety. And he took a bad angle and Sanders was, was off to the races. Um, and, you know, don't forget, it was also a game in which, you know, Taysom Hill threw that interception, which gave the Eagles a short field. Um, and that was, by the way, an unbelievable defensive scheme by Jim Schwartz. That, that was just a great, great defensive call because um, that was a screen pass to Kamara. And uh, it was just a great defensive call that, that caught Taysom Hill by surprise. Uh, so, you know, a, co a couple of things happened in that game. But, you know, it wasn't as if, if the Eagles just put up points after points after points. So I, I think you have to be careful. And, and obviously this game against the Chiefs is a very, very different opponent offensively. They, they are. And something that stood out to me that Malcolm Jenkins said during one of the, um, you know, the pregame meetings with, uh, you know, the Fox crew, I don't remember what game I was watching when he said it, but um, he said that the moment for him that where the defense clicked for him as a player was a game against San Francisco in terms of when they played the Niners um, with Kyle Shanahan's, motion and just everything that he does to a defense schematically that when the Saints defense played them they were able to communicate they didn't get fooled they didn't take the cheese anything like that they just did their job and for him that's what he that's when right. he knew that they had they were on to something um Ryan and I talked about this on Wednesday if the 49ers game and the 49ers game even the offense was beat up by the 49ers playing the Chiefs is going to be a doctorate course <laughs> 
in, in that same type of approach with, you know, jet sweeps with number 10. Um, Andy Reid throws a lot of things out of defense. Um, so I guess the, the quote-unquote simple question is, what does a defense do to ensure that they do their jobs and not get fooled and, you know, just stick with their assignments? Well, obviously, if you're a man, it's easier. Um, if you're in zone, then you start getting into all those things that go along with zone, which is assignment, eye discipline, you know, starting with alignment, alignment, assignment, eye discipline, all these things that coaches preach and preach and preach and always sound good in the meeting room and, and the night before in the hotel, you know, in, in the ballroom. But then when they're happening at full speed and it's Tyree Kill going in motion and then he goes in return motion and, you know, and then all of a sudden it's it just for you just have that one half beat of uncertainty and you're stuck. And obviously every coach when they play the Chiefs will harp on something and this is not profound, but they'll still harp on it is that we do not want to give up big plays that is the key um and it's you know again it's easy to say every coach will say it it's not a brilliant statement i'm not breaking news here <laughs> but you know at the end of the day you cannot give up you know 40 50 60 yard touchdown plays to the chiefs uh you know you want you you need to make them have to work a little bit to score now they can work to score you know we're, we're not shutting the chiefs out here but, you know, you, you cannot give up those plays. And it's very easy for me to sit here in my office at NFL Films and say that. It's easy for coaches to say that throughout the week. And then the players get on the field and all of a sudden one misstep and a guy's behind you. Yeah. Yeah. And we just saw this past weekend uh, the Chiefs against the, the Dolphins. Yeah. The I mean, Dolphins Mahomes threw three work. picks and then all yeah. of a sudden it's late in the third quarter and they're up 30 to 10. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's funny you said that because I literally tweeted that. Like, it's it's insane. It's, <laughs> and that's why Ryan and I talked about when, like, there are times where the Chiefs offense goes in lulls. They'll get three and outs. Like, they'll look moral, you know, because the defense is doing their job. Um, and we just harped on when we talked about on Wednesday, teams that typically lose to the Chiefs is when you're making the Chiefs punt and the offense goes on the field and they're not putting up seven points like not field goals like seven points it is almost impossible to beat them as a team because it'd be well and it's fun you know you talk about taking a bad step i mean they held 44 yard touchdown last week you know and obviously they were playing with a backup safety at the time clayton fedradellum but you know hill's going to run to the post and fedradellum and i think it was kind of a two-man type coverage if i'm not mistaken um and he just takes one step forward thinking that, hey, maybe Hill is running more of an over or a crosser type route as opposed to more of a post type route. And boom, he's beaten. He's done. It's over. You know, so it's it's hard. I mean, these it's but they're NFL players. You know, a lot of things are hard and then that's what you have to do. You know, you, you, you have to play with alignment, assignment and eye discipline and not take bad steps and. You know, that's why they're they're professional football players. If it was if it was easy, hey, we could all do it. Are are you I'm just gonna I'll let Ryan go, but what, real quick, are you saying that a big and I know Saints fans are gonna cringe when they hear this, although he's played really well, but a big key to this game is gonna be Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, you know, I remember years ago talking to Dan Quinn. 
And of course, he was the uh, the D coordinator in Seattle with the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And I remember they had all these great players. And I asked him, um, uh, you know, who's the most important player on your defense? You have so many great ones. And without it, uh, pausing for a second, he said, Earl Thomas. And he said, I said, why? He says, because he's the guy that has to make up for any mistake. So in some ways, yes, it is Marcus Williams, because he can't make a mistake. Because if he makes a mistake, especially if it's a post-safety coverage, a single high safety coverage, if he it's makes over. a mistake, somebody, somebody's behind him. Yeah. Ryan, you know, I, I heard it. I heard it in Ryan's voice. <laughs> go, go, you know, go out, have a, you know, have a, have a beer, relax, you know, it's football. <laughs> oh, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I've, I've learned. I think Ryan was just, it was just like the, like the reality of like, and just, and, and we've Marcus been. Williams don't make a mistake. It's just, it's just a frightening term. Although he's, he's played, played well, extre- yes. extremely well these last four weeks. He's played great, but <clears throat> I get it. I get it. Uh, last thing for me, uh, one thing I noticed from I was just looking at the uh, the Raiders, their first matchup when they faced the Raiders, the Chiefs. Uh, they used Arden Key a lot. It's kind of like a spy. They did. Yeah, they absolutely and, and, did. So I, I would think that's kind of important because I mean, even though Mahomes is not like you know he's not Lamar, but he just see when he does run, it seems to be pretty backbreaking. It's for an important first down or something where he just kind of break, breaks the team back when they really need a stop. So, I mean, how important is that? Uh, well, then it depends on what your philosophy is and what you're playing. You know, if you're going to play man, maybe you want to spy because obviously, you know, you don't have anybody in position to deal with Mahomes. If you're exactly. playing zone, you you don't because you're going to have two underneath defenders who are, who are going to be looking back, you know, and, and being aware of when he moves. So, the, you know, the question is, do you want to do that? And that's, that's a philosophy issue. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we've seen them do that before. You know, they have two linebackers. Um, well, in, in Dime, they'd have one, uh, and yeah. it, it would be Demario Davis. So the question is, is he going to be your spy? Um, or is it uh, one of your – in Dime, is it one of your six DBs to get a, even a better athlete? That yeah. That's, again, that's a question that, that Dennis Allen will have to answer. But, you know, Mahomes is not a runner, like we said, the way, you know uh, – Maybe Russell Wilson is, but he does make kind of meaningful plays with his legs at times. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that's a tough call. Like I said, that's that's a philosophy issue. This is going to be fascinating. It, it is. To, uh, I've equated this game in terms of a Saints game in terms of like just the importance of it. It's similar to when the Saints played the Steelers in 2018. Steelers to when the Saints played the 49ers last year. It's just the upper echelon game in terms of importance uh, for them to be in the, you know, be in the mix for a number one seed in the, in the NFC, the chiefs are trying to clinch home, clinch the number one seed on Sunday. There's just so many, so many elements, uh, you know, that, that goes. So, Hey, if the, if the chiefs win, they clinch the number one seed. I believe it's, I don't have it in front of me, but it goes like a long way for them to getting the number one seed. Yeah, you know, it's funny with all the stuff I do. I just don't I, I wait till all that happens. And then they then I read it and they tell me I don't I don't try to figure out or read about all the permutations beforehand. <laughs> you don't need that for the NFL matchup show. No, no. I, well, we do a little bit at this time of year because 
and this is a particularly tough week for us because with Christmas, we actually have to shoot the show earlier in the week and uh, we've got to do some things tomorrow. And, you know, so it makes it a little tougher because, you know, some teams, you start to get into the season where maybe a team gets eliminated this week, or maybe a team wins and their playoff position isn't going to change, you know, who knows? So it, it kind of matters a little bit. Um, this is the last one for me. It has nothing to do with this game. I think we've covered this game at nauseum uh, with you, with the Wednesday episode. What are, just as a person who evaluates the game of football, I throw out the Broncos game. How, like, what did Taysom show you in, in those, in those, in his starts um, in terms of him being a viable quarterback option maybe even not for the Saints just in general like what did you see from him good and bad well I'll start by saying this this was not an audition the Saints were fighting for the number one seed so Sean Payton made a decision that Taysom Hill was the better option than Jameis Winston and we can debate that forever but Sean Payton made that decision it was not an audition um so having said that I think you saw uh he threw the ball better than I, I, I anticipated. I did not evaluate him coming out of college because there are most people, you know, I can't evaluate everybody. And most people pretty much said, hey, this guy's not an NFL quarterback, not even an NFL quarterback prospect. So I did not evaluate him coming out of college. Uh, I think he throws the ball pretty well. I think they started to do more with him in each game. The first game against the, uh, the Falcons was very basic stuff, a lot of half field. Um, second game, not the, the second Falcons game, they start to do a little bit more in terms of the route concepts. Um, this game, I thought he was impressive coming out in the second half when they were down 14, nothing, and they had to throw the ball a bit. And I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, so I thought overall for a guy who's, was not a big time college quarterback in terms of the pass game, I, I think he's actually kind of incrementally improved. And I think there's something there. And, you know, I actually had a really long talk yesterday with, uh, with Bill Polian, and we were talking about the, the um, changing nature of the quarterback position. And there's no answer to that question because it's not a quantifiable thing, but, you know, now the ability to move becomes more increasingly important. The design run element becomes increasingly important. So I think there's a place for Taysom Hill. I can't sit here and tell you, oh, he'll be a top five guy or a top 10 guy or, you know, I, I don't do that anyway. But, you know, I think that he can be a viable starting NFL quarterback. Interesting. Yeah, the movement element is fun, funny because I was just tweeting the other day, you know, after that whole, you know, the Ravens-Browns matchup. It's just funny how those some of those crazy runs by Lamar Jackson have become just so ho-hum. Ho it's like, you know, a 40-yard run, like, who cares? It's, like, big deal. Right. But those would be, like, super highlights back in the day. But now it's – So it comes down to what's the balance between that kind of thing and your ability to throw. Yes. Because yes. Lamar and, – and this is a tape study thing, and I've spoken to a lot of people. Lamar is just an average thrower of the football. Yeah, so yeah. so yes. the question becomes, what's the balance? We start evaluating more and more quarterbacks who grow up like this – and, and have unbelievable athletic ability. You know, Lamar might be one of those guys who's just truly special, but you know, that style of quarterback who, who has very good athletic ability and maybe is a C minus thrower or a B plus or a, you know, a B minus C plus thrower, you know, 
where do they stand when you try to transition them to the NFL? That's going to be an interesting question going forward. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, we don't. We don't have anything else, Greg. But let's. Before we let you go, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, your your work that you do. Uh, you can find Greg on the Ross Tucker podcast with his his weekly spots. Also, the the big thing that Ryan and I love, excuse me, is the is the ESPN matchup show. Um, I still don't know why you, they have you guys on so freaking early. Like it's it's a disservice to you guys. Hey. Um, I, I, you know what? That's not my call. So I just show up and do my job. <laughs> I know, Greg. I know, but uh, you could. And what, like, what, what time does it air? Is it like six a.m.? Well, it airs. You know what? Uh, now that uh, remotes have those blue buttons and all that, and you can kind of talk <laughs> yeah. into it and say NFL matchup. <laughs> just, that's just, probably the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. I know when I, I know when I wake up on Sunday mornings, I just pull up my recordings and I press play. Yeah. Sunday. So you know that's that's. That's the best way to do it, you know. <laughs> took me but, a long since I'm old. It took me a long time to figure out what that blue button was. <laughs> um, so if you not just Saints football, if you just are a football head, please watch the NFL uh, matchup show on ESPN. Um, your knowledge about the game just expands so much. Um, I believe this is Greg. This is Greg's third time on the podcast, which puts him at like our high, like highest highest number in terms of appearances for guests so congrats greg um <laughs> <laughs> no we're, is, that, is that good or bad guys no no that's that's great for us because we, we love your work we love your you know just being able to talk ball with you and we know how busy you are during the season so the fact that you even you know even were able to make a little time just to talk to us about a, such a huge game um we really appreciate that truly so thank you so much no. No problem, guys. I enjoy it. It's fun. You know, I, I actually enjoy these kind of more informal talks because, you know, most things I do uh, with few exceptions, you know, you got to speak in a 25 second soundbite. Yeah, right. No, no, no soundbites here. No, no soundbites here. So <laughs> you can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Cosell, um, NFL matchup show, Ross Tucker um, podcast. He, he, he's on it weekly. Um have a great holiday. Uh, Saints fans, huge game on Sunday. Um, be safe. Um, and with that, we're going to get out of here. We're out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.